Hello, and welcome to the Redeemer Anglican Church of Asheville's podcast. I am Brandon Doble with Father Gary Ball. It is good to be back with you, Gary. It's been far too long. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I hear this is your favorite time of year that we're about to enter. <laughs> well, the true confession is here. Gary and I have already talked about this, and I just <laughs> forgot to hit record. So um, we're giving it to you people uh, live uh, and for real. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite time of year. I love this season uh, this season of Lent, which we're going to talk about today. Um, and, you know, there's a reason why the calendar of the in the church exists. This season for me is is it's my favorite season because it's such an intentional season. Mm. At least that's been my personal experience. I find that this season forces me to think about my life in a different way and think about it in context to my relationship with God, with the church, with my family, with my friends. So, Gary, really quickly, yeah. or not quickly, whatever, however we want to do it, <laughs> but what is the season of Lent and what does that actually mean? What it, what it, for the people that aren't familiar, didn't grow up in a, in a community that practiced Lent, what does that mean? Yeah, and a large portion of our church doesn't. Uh, most have come to us from other traditions or traditions that um, kind of think of Lent as fasting. It's a t- what am I giving up? But they don't know the broader context of it. So Lent begins on uh, with Ash Wednesday on February 17th and goes for... 40 days, though on the calendar it's longer than that, because uh, we don't consider Sundays as fasting days. They're feast, feast days. days. Celebrations. Yeah, so we, we take Sundays off from our feast. Uh, when I was fast. a kid, that was the day you got to have chocolate. You got to have you, chocolate, You got to have chocolate right? on Sundays. Right. You get a break from your fast. You get to gear back up for uh, for your fast uh, starting Monday. So... It's forty days. Forty is a is a number that has, is packed with meaning in the in the Bible. Moses was on Sinai for forty days, and uh, the forty years of wandering, and and then the ultimately the forty that we are concerned with during Lent is the forty days that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and so um, that is we we kind of walk through the Lord that period of of the of his life during these 40 days of uh of lent as we prepare for easter yeah and i think that it's really important that we look at those those the the, the numerology of the whole se- not just a season but in general the church season it's not accidental um the ancient jews really believed strongly in specific numbers 40 being one 18 being one um that they had meaning and then in sense that and and if anybody's read Blaise Pascal, the the famous uh, philosopher and and Christian, he talked a lot about seeing God in numbers, mm-hmm. and I think that there's something about that seeing God in that God is in everything and created everything. So if for those of you that know the Fibonacci code, I mean there that's a a big it's it's not you don't separate those things out. So that mm-hmm. that number is important, and those forty days yeah. are important. Yeah, and a lot of times when you see a number. You should always ask what what does this mean in the Bible? Does it have literal meaning? Probably, but there it also is packed with a spiritual meaning. Mm-hmm. And so, when we see that number, we should ask what are the what are the other forties, and, and how is this connected to that? And it is packed with meaning. So, Lent, if you think about Jesus in the wilderness fasting, that's where we want to be. We we want to 
we want to fast and ultimately there's there's kind of three pillars fasting prayer and almsgiving mm-hmm. so so it's a, so basically as a lent is a season where i don't eat fish on fridays and i give up chocolate and um i can have it on sundays right is that is that really what lent's about <laughs> you have to be really careful because that i mean that's that's what a lot of people think yeah. of that's um, what i grew up thinking it was yeah. and it, it wasn't until i was an adult that i actually understood that it was a season of of penitence that um and one of the reasons why i love it so much is that i love this idea of liminal space and creating and i believe for a lot of people they think oh why do we why do we have incense and why do we do these things in the church that um, it's kind of weird and what I, I could see people that didn't grow up in it. There's a word called espacio from the Latin, which means sacred space. And that, that we're, we create sacred space in our weekly church expression by the, the prayers that we do. It's not accidental. It's not. It's not just because we don't have anything else to do, so let's make this up. This is a. This is a two thousand year old almost tradition of creating this sacred space. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, Lent is the ultimate sacred space that we're creating. Mm-hmm. So we have this demarcation point at Ash Wednesday. So, can you explain to the yeah. to the average the person that really hasn't spent a lot of time in this calendar? What is Ash Wednesday? What's that about? Yeah, Ash Wednesday. Well, first of all, I mean, you mentioned liminal space, and I've heard you also mention tip being per- putting yourself in a position that's purposefully uncomfortable. That you almost like that because it causes you to evaluate those areas of your life where comfort has caused you maybe to overlook some things, and so you put yourself in a position where there's space, where there's room, where where you can search your heart and and ask the spirit to search you and to bring things to mind and so that's that's why we create this space during lent to uh, to consider those things and to confess those things ash wednesday kicks it all off and we you've probably seen uh, those of you listening you've seen people walking down the street with black crosses on their forehead you've seen them at work maybe throughout your life in school um, and that's Ash Wednesday. And so the ashes represent in the Old Testament, you see people covering themselves in ash and wearing sackcloth is a sign of sorrow or penitence. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it does represent that in our, in our life that we're starting a season of, of, of confession, um, of, of sorrow for those places in our lives where we've fallen short. And so we put ash on our forehead for that evening. But it represents that we are from the dust and that we will ultimately end up in as dust, that we are from the earth. And that is where we will, we will end up. And so I think it's important to face our death, to, to ask ourselves if we're prepared for that. We recognize maybe, maybe more than ever in our lives today how fragile life is. And one, if, you know, if, if we did die, um, would we be prepared? But also, I think it's really important for us to, to understand that ultimately, when we die and, and we find our completion, that in preparing ourselves for that, the things that lead to that lead to full life. Mm-hmm. And so when we face death, it w- and when we say, we're, you're from death, you're 
going, you're from the earth, you're going back to the earth, from dust you'll go. It doesn't say, oh, doesn't mean anything. Life is short. It's just, you know, focus on the spiritual afterlife. Actually, it, it, it does, it does relate to the kind of life that you lead here on earth. And so that, that's what it means. You know, last, last year I put ashes on my one year old's head and I just about lost it. Like I lost it. Like thinking about, um, you know, facing the reality that, that ultimately, you know, even my baby will, will face death and we all do. Um, and not in light of that reality, how will we live? Well, you know, it's really interesting. When you're talking about this, I could just hear someone in the uh, listening to this going, "Wow, what a downer!" I don't know if I, 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 you know, we live in a society that seeks to run from any sort of pain of any kind. We 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 mm-hmm. are the most medicated society in the history of mankind. We we medicate away all our feelings. We're terrible around grief. Um, I, I remember when my mother passed away. I was in a lovely church, and they meant very well. People coming to me, oh, it's okay, Brandon. She's with the angels now. And mm-hmm. I literally looked at them, and I was, I, I wanted to strike them. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 that is so not helpful to me right now. Yeah. Um, and and so this idea of of grief. Yeah. There's a great book, old book called "Good Good Grieving uh, Practices" uh, mm-hmm. that that. Some, a pastor once gave to me, and I really love it. But it's about the things that we do in the, in the Jewish tradition. They sit shiva for seven days, and uh, you you spend an entire year in grief of this person. And after mm-hmm. the year is up, then you sort of proclaim that this person is gone. Now, a lot of people are like, "Oh my goodness, that's crazy!" Yeah. I, I just need to box it up and put it away. But there's something incredibly cathartic in that in this in why i love this season of lent is it's incredibly cathartic for me when i get to easter sunday or the sort of easter eve there is this elation in me that i feel like no no christ is not no longer i remember when i was a kid we always had a there's always a crucifix on the wall Mm -hmm. uh especially at my grandmother's house in every room there was a crucifix (laughs) and i remember my mom saying remember jesus is not still on the cross that Jesus is resurrected. He has come again. He is in, and, and it's just this reminder to me of going through this time of, for lack of a better word, trauma, mm-hmm. uh, or liminal space, that there is something on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And that, that the church is a way of reminding us of that. Because people, here's the deal. We're all dying. Let, <laughs> yeah. let, you know, yeah. lest the second, you know, the, the, the second coming, the great getting up morning happens tomorrow. Right. None of us are getting out of this alive. And so I think that that, not to be a Debbie Downer, but that's an important thing to remember that grief is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And, and and Lent, again, it's, it's not about me and lots of people have different expressions of it, but yeah. that's one of the reasons why I love this season so much. So let's talk a little yeah. bit about fasting. Mm-hmm. Because um, when I was a kid, it was like, well, you give up coffee or you give up chocolate or you you give yeah. up something and right. and it was always sort of like <laughs> i always thought it was like it's a great weight loss program you know it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. give up sugar during lent it's like that's yeah. fine to give those things up but yeah. why are we giving what should we give up or what should we take on yeah. during this season yeah um I, I think that you need to you need you don't want it to point back to yourself this is not a competition to see if you can make it through lent without having chocolate or coffee and then to say you did it uh, and and but but nothing happened to you spiritually <laughs> right it's not i mean if if nothing happens to you if it doesn't create space if it doesn't 
cause you to evaluate uh, your life in one way or another, um, then then it, it really is just all about you. And so think about things that would create space, things that have become dis- um, distractions, things that have become vices. Um, and the goal of that is to not just give up something, but so that you consider the things that you have not done, the things that you should be doing, like serving, uh, almsgiving. Uh, if you give up a coffee at the coffee shop, think about how you can uh, use the money that you saved by doing that to give to the poor. Um, and so it's not just about giving up something it's also just important to think about adding something. So if you're giving up, uh, giving up sleep, or if you're waking an hour, well, what are you adding? Well, you're going to be adding prayer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about giving up, but what are the things that you need to add to your life? And so that's really important. We want to make sure that fasting and penitence in the season doesn't conjure guilt or shame but that it leads us to a place of desire. And so fasting isn't for the purpose of making us wallow in shame, but to increase our hunger. Um, Alexander Schmemann, Eastern Orthodox theologian, said, Let us stress once more that the purpose of Lent is not to force on us a few formal obligations, but to soften our hearts so that it may open itself to the realities of the Spirit, to experience the hidden thirst and hunger for communion with God. Amen. So that's the point. And not just the idea of doing it only during Lent, but this is, in a sense, a recharging of our spiritual life. That we, and it's the reason why the, the calendar is so important is because it is a yearly reminder mm-hmm. uh, that we need yearly reminders. Yeah. That we need to recharge our batteries. That we need, that hopefully we, we're human and mm-hmm. we're fallible and we're obviously imperfect yeah uh and we our lives can be messy Mm -hmm. and that it's a reminder of that and i think you had said um maybe it was in our first episode where you had said about (laughs) you you go four years and you're like oh wow i haven't i haven't thought about something you know i mean it's easy to procrastinate away things Mm -hmm. the lenten calendar or the church calendar in a sense forces our hand yeah if we're if we're practically thinking about it if we're honestly engaging with it, it is going to be impossible for you to avoid it. Yeah. Now, and again, people can, we're great at avoiding in this society. Yeah. So how, how, how would you, if a person is serious about this idea of mm-hmm. penitence? Um, well, actually, before we even go into that, can you give us a little background about, we didn't really talk about sort of the, the history of Lent mm-hmm. or sort of in oh, the yeah. church, we talk about the church calendar, but yeah. what, where does this, because this is not in every Christian expression. Lent is uh, is different in different places. So what yeah. does it mean to us? Yeah. Well, traditionally, it was a preparation for baptism. So if you become a Christian and, you know, you would spend these days uh, in catechism learning about who we are and the faith, and then you would be baptized on Easter. But also, if you were somehow separated from the church— then you would be restored to the church. In those days, it wasn't you, you had your parish church or you know or the church in the city, and you you would go to that church. And so, if if there was something that caused you uh, to be cast out of the church, if you were if you were unwilling to repent of of um, 
harming your brother or sister or your your wife or whatever i mean you would be cast out now because there was just one church or whatever in town and that was your church and you, you would it would be it, it, that was your whole life your you would long to be restored nowadays it's like oh well you, you're going to tell me to repent of something i'm just going to go to the church down the road mm-hmm. um but in those days you, you know you would you would long to be restored. The idea of not having the Eucharist was, you know, it's 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 grieving. And so this was a time where you would be restored. And at the end of that restoration, it would be a celebration, mm-hmm. uh, like Easter of restoration. And so that that's kind of historically the way that it was. And it's just such a great contrast to go through Lent and to have this time of, of quiet reflection, confession, and then Easter on uh, Saturday evening, we ring bells and sing and celebrate. And it's just a, it's the contrast is beautiful. We need these things. Like you said, um, our lives these days are there. We are very comfortable. And when they are uncomfortable, there's any way you could imagine to get out of it, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be comfortable or to, like you said, be medicated and on and on. Um, and so we feel like it is really important that we create the time to put ourselves in a position to be able to consider where comfort ha- has potentially covered up or blinded us to those areas of our life that need to be considered. Yeah, we 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 as a society love to flee from the the difficult um, places in life and. That is that is the reason why the desert fathers chose to go into caves to create this discomfort, um, so mm-hmm. that because that is the place where they found God. Yeah. Um, so, for the community that's that's here that's that's trying to engage in this process, mm-hmm. we're in we're doing it in a very unique season. COVID has mm-hmm. thrown everything on its yeah. ear. It used to be you could show up on Ask Wednesday, and then there was there were you would have weekly you know prayer groups or different things you could do. But right now mm-hmm. we have a different we're in a different paradigm. Mm-hmm. So what could somebody do that's listening to this that obviously they can come to church if they feel comfortable, yeah. but if they don't, mm-hmm. what what things are available to people uh, to help them practice Lent? Yeah, sure. So we have confession. Um, if you would like to uh, go through that process, it's really, really wonderful. I've seen so much healing take place in that because it give, we give you tools to be able to really evaluate your life and to dig around in those dark corners of your heart, but also things that I've just seen amazing things happen. I've seen people come in in the past. I'm not saying I'm not revealing anything because it's happened so many times where maybe even as an adolescent, they did something and they didn't even realize it was still there. Mm. And I've seen them stand up and walk away different people, like freed from something. And so I I long to be able to see people experience that. If confession, you know, it, I would encourage you to at least inquire about it because you see it in the movies, you Mm. know, with the little screen. And, you know, most of the time confession happens in our little chapel upstairs and we sit in chairs and and then kneel um, and confess our sins. Um, it's extremely beneficial. And then we do spiritual direction. Spiritual direction is, is not counseling. It's facilitating your prayers. And it really is all about how can you experience the presence of God 
um, uh, throughout the everyday life. Now, like you said, Brandon, it's an extraordinary time. And so we want to encourage people, if you don't feel comfortable doing something like that in person, we will, we will figure out ways to be able to communicate with you online or if you'd rather be outside, we could do that as well. And so uh, anything that we do in person, we try to provide an option for people who aren't able to be in person. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people that you just said something about the people's vision of confession, uh, you know, who do I make my confession to and, you know, the, the confessional and, and all that. They're, if people are freaked out by confession, they need only think about would they be freaked out about going and talking to a sociologist or a psychiatrist? Yeah. I mean, I think that we, we are in a society that doesn't necessarily think we got to heal ourselves. Yeah. God wants us to be healed and can walk with us in that. So I personally really appreciate that there's, um, that there's this element of confession uh, in the church. We confess every, every week uh, in yeah. our prayers, right? Sure. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, but what we have done and what we've left undone. Yeah. And that's a confession. Now, whether we take that at its core and really mm. confess sure. is different. And I think this is a great opportunity and Lent can be that season uh, of doing that. Now, everything is online. All the, I mean, we, we have lots of different ways to um, get this out. But if people have questions, can they call you? Can they email you? Can they email Rebecca? What can they do in order to get any of these questions answered? Yeah, our um, email addresses are first names at redeemerashville.com. So Gary at redeemerashville.com, Rebecca at redeemerashville.com, and we'll make sure that we get, um, make sure that we are able to schedule something with you. And don't let this season pass by. Um, it, without um squeezing everything out of it that we can like use this as an opportunity for for by the spirit of god that we would find ourselves uh, at the end of this as jesus after the 40 days temptation emboldened strengthened for ministry uh, to his glory we want to make sure that fasting and penitence in the season doesn't conjure guilt or shame but that it leads us to a place of desire and so fasting isn't for the purpose of making us wallow in shame but to increase our hunger um, alexander schmemann eastern orthodox theologian said let us stress once more that the purpose of lent is not to force on us a few formal obligations but to soften our hearts so that it may open itself to the realities of the spirit to experience a hidden thirst and hunger for communion with God. Amen. So that's the point. That That is very helpful, Gary, for, for anyone who has either A, experienced Lent or, or has not experienced Lent. Um, you're, you're not alone in this, but it can be a very um, transformative time. So I encourage people to, at least in some small way, to to try to observe Lent to the, I mean, it, it, every person can. No one can tell you exactly how to do it, but but it, there can be richness in it that's that's incredible. So I would encourage people to reach out if they want to reach out. Um, they can email Gary or Rebecca. Um, we will be doing more of these podcasts as the year goes along, um, talking about different seasons in the life of the church. Um, I'm really glad that we could be together twice today, Gary. Thank <laughs> you for your time. Uh, 
Please email us if you have any questions. I am Brandon Noble with Father Gary Ball. Take care.